I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Welcome, everybody. I am here on the podcast today with my friends, Jess Carey and Noelle Rhodes. And today we're going to be talking about friendship, especially as it pertains to our kiddos. Now, we've talked about this topic before. We've talked about some of the things we want our kids to know about friendship that maybe we didn't know and we learned as we got older. But today we're taking it to the next level and we are talking about teaching our kids what it means to be a good friend, what your children should look for when it comes to finding friends and identifying toxic friends and creating some healthy distance in those relationships. Welcome back, guys. Hi, how you doing? What's up? Okay, so let's start off with recommendations. What is something that you are loving these days? Well, I was, I was you know, full disclosure, I was telling you guys this before, but I am obsessed with the line soap and glory, which is a like sort of, I guess, body wash cream, maybe even a makeup line. I discovered it in the UK when we lived in Northern Ireland many moons ago. And I moved to Derry in 2013 from Belfast and this really nice, uh, uh, young woman, brought me a basket of this soap and glory stuff. Cause she worked in a little store called boots, which is like the pharmacies all throughout the UK. And she's like, this is my favorite stuff. And I just fell in love with the scent. And then when I came back to the States and saw they sold it in target, I would just, I, that's what I wash my body with is clean on me by soap and glory. And just <laughs> last week target had it on sale. And I mean, like ridiculously reduced to the point where I thought that perhaps there was some sort of poisonous ingredient and they were just selling it all out because they can't legally sell it anymore. I don't know. So I bought like four or five bottles of the body wash, four or five different of the creams because it was so discounted and I don't care if it has anything in it that's going to kill me because it smells so good. Right. You're delicious. You're a delicious scent (laughs) now, Noelle. That's it. If I die, I'll smell good. Hey. (laughs) Um, I actually did think of something. I found this candle company that was started by three young um, African-American boys and it's pronounced Friar Branchio, but it's like a French name. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically they donate 10% of their profits to homeless shelters and they came up with this whole line themselves So it's just kind of a way to support um, black owned businesses and certainly by young black men. I love it. It's like, I'm totally behind that. So I love this. I love their story. I love their candles and actually they're in target as well. Oh yeah. You can find them in target. Ask an associate for Friar Branchio candles. (laughs) I got to check that out. Yeah. It does not look like it sounds just so you know. Okay. So that means you might have to put that well? in the show note. What no, um, no, it's oh, no, it just, looks like you mean phonetically. Yes. Correct. Okay. Like gotcha. the, the pronunciation is not how it looks like it is spelled. We might have okay. to put it in the show notes. Okay. We can, that that <laughs> we can do that. Good idea. Um, my recommendation cannot be found in target. It's a TV show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
So um, my daughter and I, when she was home from school, we were done watching White Collar. So that was a fun show about a, a handsome con artist. And that was over and we needed something to move on to. And so now, now we're doing it virtually because she's back at college. But we started watching Castle which is an old oh, series good. and it had a cult, like a pretty much a cult following. It's one of those like underrated yeah. shows that lasted a really long time because people loved it. And so, yeah, we started watching it together and now we're kind of like watching it separate, but trying to like stay at the same pace. How do you do that, Kimberly? I, that's what I want to know. Like, how do you keep the pace if you're doing like a group watch? Um, I don't know. Cause I haven't really done it before. <laughs> Um, my daughter though, she's watched psych several times. Like we watched that through together and she literally will walk around the house with her laptop watching episode after episode after episode. And I'm like, Hey, like let's let's put the computer down. (laughs) You don't have to do your makeup while you're watching it or your hair. Why? I'm like, it's going to be okay. (laughs) So I don't know. Like it depends on how much she likes it versus me. And then I just have to check in with her and, you know, but. Yeah. But I feel like it's a, it's a murder mystery. It's light. Um, I would say pretty much family friendly, definitely for teenagers. Not, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's nothing in it that stands out as like, Oh, like I'll wait to watch this. The kids go to bed. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's not dark. Um, it's funny. Yeah. So I've just been enjoying that. That's very cool. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to talk about friends. Uh, The first thing that I want us to talk about is what it means to be a good friend. And so when we're talking to our children, what are we telling them are the characteristics? What are some of the things that they should be as a good friend? What makes a good friend? Who wants to go first? So we're talking about like qualities that we Mm -hmm. hope our children embody in friendship, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes. I, I think one of the most critical things that our kids need to understand is that you need to be trustworthy. You need to be an mm-hmm. honest person. I think it's the bedrock of friendship. So that's the very, very first thing. And I think we teach our kids to be honest and trustworthy from infants, right? Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be some like huge revelation when they're trying to make friends that you should be honest with them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think trustworthy is a, a big thing. Like I remember very early on learning that if your friend is going to share with you somebody's secret, they're probably sharing your secret with somebody else too. So like, Mm -hmm. am I going to be trustworthy? That means I got to keep a tight lip on what other people tell me what's not for me to tell because Mm. I want that person to trust me. So trustworthiness is like, you know, it can be a little tough, especially when you're jockeying for positions socially. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Kim. And it's like that leads to sort of a a no-no in friendship. It's like, don't be a gossip, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one thing that uh, I've learned and I've taught my kids what makes a good friend is to be invitational. Um, I love this one because I think we miss out on opportunities in friendship because we're waiting for somebody else to ask us to do it. So I've really taught my daughters and my son too, um, to be the one who asks to just not be scared to say, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? I'm like, let's make up a reason for people mm-hmm. to come over and then invite people. <laughs> and they've been hesitant. I'm like, we could do a game night. I can order pizza, ask them if they want to come over for a movie. I've taught yeah. them that like, 
it's really easy to get people on board if you ask them to do something very specific. So for example, if you just say you want to come over and hang out, especially if it's someone you're just developing a relationship with and you want to get to know, it's a little bit weird. It might be uncomfortable, but if you say, hey, you know, I'm renting a movie night. Do you want to come see it with me? Or my mom's taking me bowling. Do you want to come? Like very specific reasons to get together, I find often is the difference between happening more naturally and the other person saying yes, and it being more, more, there'd be more comfortability um, than Mm -hmm. if you're just random saying like, do you want to hang out? Yeah. I mean, it's, that's a great idea. It's practical. And everyone knows, well, no, I shouldn't say everyone knows, but the truth is friendship doesn't just happen organically. It has to be intentional. Mm -hmm. So create something that people can be invited to. It's, it's a nice way of including people. I know someone who um, hosted like a series of movie nights and just like you were saying, Mm -hmm. and uh, then her child had the opportunity of inviting some people. And over the summer, they got to know folks and it just became a regular thing. And when you're regularly connecting over an activity, that's when the relationship will grow and deepen. So that's a great suggestion. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you get to be, you can like, as a parent, you can become a hub for events, right? Like your home can be Mm -hmm. the hangout spot. Like you, but you know, you have to obviously be open to that. Uh, I will, in full disclosure, I was a terrible friend um, in my early like I would say my teenage years, even into early college. And I was the person who just like thought to myself, if someone wants me to come and be their friend, then they'll invite me, right? That they'll call me, that they'll text me, whatever. And it wasn't until, you know, I became a full-fledged adult that I realized actually everyone is a little bit like me. And so we are all like sitting in our rooms waiting for people to text us and call us to go out. And there are those rare people that I would say are like super connectors or super extroverts that naturally invite mm-hmm. people like that's their nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the ones that have, you know, they've got tons of friends. They're always going out. They're always having invitations to parties. And my husband is one of those people. And I learned this from him and I'm thinking to myself, well, I can do that. Like I can invite people to things. I can, you know, be more invitational, as you said. And when I started that habit, my friendships not only increased, you know, like I, I gained more friendships, but the friendships were deeper Mm. and they were more like they had more to them. So I love that idea. And I I'm a testimony to that actually being critical to having lots of friends and having good friends. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your thought? Okay. So my opinion is that it's okay for this to be uneven, meaning that like, it's what I think is something that I should do to be a good friend, but I don't necessarily expect it from other people. And so I, I would, I've taught my children, you know, like, I guess because I've experienced it myself, I have a handful of good friends, um, like different individualized friendships where I'm 100% the person that asks all the time to get together. They always say yes. They never say no. Or they're always like, they'll always come over when I invite them over, but they're not really into having anybody at their house for whatever reason, or they just don't think of the things that I think of. And so I've had to let go um, of wanting those other people to be something that they're not. So I'm willing to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't necessarily always reciprocate the invitation. 
because I do think it's a personality thing. What do you think, Noel? I feel like you're shaking your head. <laughs> no, I'm thinking it through. I'm not shaking my head. I'm thinking it through because I think that, I think as an adult, it's different as a kid. Mm. And, and as a kid, I, even as a, I would say a teenager, perhaps they're not inviting people over because there's family dynamic stuff that they don't want their friends to know. Mm-hmm. And maybe actually it's safer. Who knows? So that's tough. But I do think we're, um, reciprocating is sort of friendship is give and take, but I think that happens at different levels. Mm -hmm. And I do think you're right. Some of us are much more, uh, just have the gift of hospitality and, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't cause us the anxiety to have folks over. So I think it's like, it's kind of a funny thing. I I, mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying. I think there's grace that we give to folks who are like, oh my gosh, to have my really best friend over means I got to clean my bathroom. And that's like, you yeah. know, it's too much. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, I, you see what you see and <laughs> that's me. But mm-hmm. the same time, I do think we need to mature and let people into our lives too at a certain point in the friendship. Right, so it's, right. it's very... That's a very nuanced question, but for kids, I think you're right in sort of just being like, you know, be the inviter. I don't think yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Because again, I don't know. Like for a kid, they're limited to what they can yeah. expose or invite your child into. You yeah. Know? So that, that that leads to, I mean, understanding the nuance of that leads to a conversation with your child about why it is that they may not be inviting you. They may not mm-hmm. be inviting you because they don't like you or they don't want you there, but they also may not be inviting you because number one, they're not allowed to have anybody at their house or right. number two, you know, it's not a great environment. Their parent might be a working parent and they're not allowed to have people over. I think it can, I, I think understanding um, that dynamic's important. And I hadn't thought of that because there's things we do. We invite kids to do things, but we know that we're going to pay for your friend to go bowling and then pay for her meal. But not every person's in the position that they can take an extra child or two on the family outing because they may not, it may not be in the budget. And so that's not a diss. Yes. And the same token, I'm going to sort of say this, Mm -hmm. they have to look at the context clues too, because all right, what if though that other kid is inviting other kids to their house and to do right. things, not your yes. kid. That's a totally, and that's a thing we'll probably get into in a little bit when we talk mm-hmm. about toxic friendships. But, um, <laughs> I think, I think as a Spoiler. parent, this is a great opportunity to teach your kid discernment of like people. And you can be like, Hey, does Susie like invite other folk, like other people from school over? And they're like, no, no, I guess she doesn't really then you're able to go, well, maybe there's a reason for that, you know, but if Susie's having everybody over every Friday night to watch, you know, Gossip Girl, Mm -hmm. but your kid is invited, that's a different story. That's a different situation that you kind of do need to step back and make sure your kid, you know, isn't, is not in a, not in a friendship where maybe they're being used for something or Mm -hmm. we'll talk about this more later, but yeah, I think it's a really good, you bring up a really important point. Kimberly. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole topic we could really go longer on. I mean, I'm thinking in terms of, you know, sometimes my daughter wasn't included in certain things because there's a group that already had their thing. So like, can you invite her to do something different or apart from the crowd? Like it's not always a reflection. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it isn't a reflection. So you can try to ask her to do X, Y, and Z. And if she's not receptive at all, 
then you got your answer. Right. But but don't automatically assume, right. And then we can go into like self-talk, like don't automatically assume that again, other people are having all this fun without you and you're not in it. It may just be for some reason, like the three moms might be friends and that's why that get together happened or yeah. So there's lots of questions to ask when it comes to that. Yeah, there are. And I think, you know, it's like another like thing we should sow into our children is, Mm -hmm. you know, be, try to be an unoffendable friend. Right. Mm, So it's like not taking offense, not taking some of these things personally, uh, that like you said, Noel, they might have other reasons behind that. Now that doesn't justify exclusion or bullying or anything like that. But, um, you know, in the real world, I, there have been many times where people are like, weren't you offended that you didn't get invited to such and such and -and so-and-so's baby shower? I'm like, no, that was, I was grateful. I didn't get that invitation, you know? Um, but that's a mature person and we can teach our Mm -hmm. kids to sort of, you know, come around some of these things with, you know, an unoffendable spirit. Mm -hmm. If we can do that. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, Jess, you brought up gossip. Let's talk about gossip (laughs) (laughs) and the no-nos around that. Well, I think, you know, being a good friend requires you to protect your friends. Um, you are a good friend when someone confides in you that that stays with you. Mm. And even though you may feel, I mean, I think we always, when we get a bit of juicy gossip, like we want to share with somebody, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like this mm-hmm. drama happened. And mm-hmm. that's the nature of gossip. It has like, you know, it's like fire. It just goes, it travels. And so in order to be a good friend, you need to be a place where secrets can be held. Now that may mean if you have the the tension within yourself that you want to tell someone that you tell a trusted adult, right? Mm-hmm. That you find a mentor or a youth leader or somebody, you know, that isn't related to that friend that you can say, hey, my friend shared this with me and I don't really know what to say about it or I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. Um, but that's how you can avoid gossiping um, is by, you know, keeping it either to yourself or if it really needs to be expressed and you're not sure what to do with that particular piece of information, then it goes to an adult that you trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's just initial thoughts on gossip. Yeah. I mean, I think I was thinking about this, you know, being a good friend is speaking up when your friend is in danger, even if it means you're not sure if they're in danger. And that really connects what you're saying um, in that, you know, there's lots of things that could be confided in you. If they're sitting there like, Ooh, I, I'm worried, you know, this friend is mm-hmm. saying that they're depressed and they're hurting themselves or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they don't feel safe in their home or they're in a relationship where this person is doing things to them that doesn't feel right to no. me. You know, I think we need to remind our kids that at any moment that they feel like their friend is in danger that's when they can, they need to speak up to an adult Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's not that they go to another friend. Right. And say, Hey, you know, Jenny is something's happened. Jenny's home. You need to go to someone that can do something about protecting, which goes Mm -hmm. back to protecting your friends can protect Jenny, who you think is in danger. Right. And so, you know, that's a conversation that I do have a lot of my kids because I always just say to them, you know, if you're not sure if your friend is, you know, in harm's way, whether, you know, 
committing self-harm or being harmed or in a dangerous situation, you can come to me and know that if it's truly a dangerous situation, I will do Mm -hmm. something about it. And if it's not, it's still safe with me. So, you know, that's really important because I do think that kids get confused at this point and they don't want anyone to get in trouble. And they're afraid that they'll cause more trouble for their friend. But in the end, you know, being a good friend is protecting your friends. Sometimes it means speaking up to an adult. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, you know, you're, we have to let our kids, you know, understand that taking that risk in protecting them and sort of revealing some of those situations, you may lose a friend yeah. initially over that, but that actually is the right thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. I think that's really hard, especially in middle school and high school when your friends are like your whole life, you mm-hmm. know? Um, my, my daughter recently is grieving the loss of a friend for a similar situation. Like she stood up for her brother, you know, she, she went toe to toe with this person, of what he had done to her little brother and she lost a friend over it and she mm-hmm. grieved that loss, mm-hmm. but it was because she had to do the right thing. And, you know, that was hard. That was really hard to watch as a parent. Yeah, yeah. that is hard. Yeah. I mean, but when you, you love somebody and you care about somebody doing the hard thing is loving them. I mean, the, the, it's brave to stand up and mm-hmm. to somebody it's brave to, you know, tell an adult, it's not brave to keep your mouth shut. It's it's not showing any sort of um, sacrifice or love for that person. And so, um, yeah. But I wouldn't you say important. Kim, like, like ch- kids especially need to like understand that from an adult like that's not mm-hmm. I don't think that's an intrinsic Mm-mm, understanding no. like no. we have to teach them that right right yeah. yeah yeah I'm trying to think is there's there's a scripture in the bible what is that <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to think of what it is but yeah this idea of love doesn't always keep its mouth shut mm-hmm. you know it just doesn't and it doesn't come you know you want to do the right you want to be people pleasing well, you yeah. want to like you know um make everybody happy, not be trouble. Um, you know, do you think you're protecting your friend, but you're not, I think long-term standing up for your friend and, or standing up for somebody or talking to somebody that when there's a need of help in the long-term benefits that person. Yeah. Can I share a quick story? This is a personal story. Um, you know, when I was, uh, just before I went to college, I had a friend and, um, She'd visited me, but subsequently while she was visiting me from out of state, uh, she kind of went out with like a mutual kind of friend one night and came home late, whatever, because we were older, we all were driving. Well, anyway, it's maybe a couple of weeks afterwards, she confided in me that this person had sexually assaulted her and needed to kind of tell sort of the people in charge. I'm trying to be careful with my words. And so she asked for like a phone number of some people that needed to know about what happened. And so I gave it, I, I gave her the phone numbers, but I never said anything. Cause I was like, well, it's not really my business. It's not really like, you know, something I should talk about, but I never told anybody what happened. I just, you know, in fact, another adult sort of found out and kind of was like, don't say anything to anybody. Cause it wasn't really true and all that stuff. But for years I carried the guilt of never saying anything wow. and realizing that this poor friend of mine, you know, who at this time 
had gone off to college. She was living in a different state, had no support um, to go through that because I was just kind of like, it was awkward. And I, yeah, sure. I, if I can go back to little 17 year old, I, Noelle, I'd be like, tell your mother, tell your father, <laughs> tell somebody that this is what's ha- this happened and this is what's mm-hmm. confided in you so that this person gets some support mm-hmm. and right. has folks rallying around her instead of some of the people that got involved were just like, you're a liar. Oh. And he, I'm talking like 15. No, gosh, it had to be 20 years later. I actually, I found her through Instagram and I repented for not saying anything because for years I just carried the guilt of knowing that what she said was probably true actually. And I was someone that could speak to the fact that it was true. And so I say this because I think our, our kids need to know that, that it, it, that this kind of stuff is serious. And even though it's not their business, so to speak, because it's not happening to them, like their friends, they need to know that that, that people are going to get their back and that Mm -hmm. when they, share things like this, they actually are taking it seriously and believe it to be true. So I, I, I think you're absolutely right. We have to actually spell this out to our children. Like you need to let a trusted adult know right. what you have been told mm-hmm. because in case that person has gone to somebody else and they're not getting support. Well, now there is another adult who knows and can check in and follow up. Has this been addressed? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do feel strongly about these things. Um, and I just think these are things as parents, we just don't realize we have to actually spell out to our kids. We think the schools are going to explain it, but they need to know that, that we are a safe confidant for them. That's going to help carry this stuff with them. Yeah. yeah. I so couldn't kinda, agree with you more. It's kind of like saying a good friend knows when to keep their mouth shut and then when to <laughs> open their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so that The Bible does say that there's a time to be uh, quiet and there's a time to speak up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Um, one I would just want to say um, that I've been trying to teach my kids is that they need to be a good friend or a, a, a friend that people want to be around is someone who creates an atmosphere for of positivity. Not and and not necessarily like I, I'm not talking about just like being denial and everything's fine and wonderful, but being someone that when people around you they feel encouraged. Mm-hmm. They also um, you know. I, I tell my kids all the time, like when you're with your friends, don't be complaining about stuff. Like speak <laughs> gratitude, be like, oh my gosh, this ice cream is so awesome. I love eating ice cream. Yeah, that's, that's very contagious and it creates an yeah. atmosphere that other people want to be in. You know, you want people yeah. to feel good and happy to be alive. And again, not in denial. I'm not saying like we just pretend like everything is perfect, but that this, that when people are around you, they feel safe, they feel seen. Mm. And so they set the temperature in the room. They're the ones that set that temperature. And so I try to encourage them now that they're older, that when they go to a party or when they're with their foot, with their friends, like, you know, you're the one that kind of creates that atmosphere. Be the one that brings it to a, a level that's really inviting and welcoming mm. and fun and, you know, just excited to be alive. And people will meet you there. They will. The, the complainers will stop complaining. Yep. The, jud- the judges will stop judging. If you start p- pointing out what's good, people will follow you. Yeah. I I want to slow clap that one from now until <laughs> the end of time. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Boom. We're done. That's it. <laughs>
best yeah. advice ever. <laughs> yes. And I've been both, I've been all of those people. <laughs> the complainer, the judgmental one, the positive one. And I don't, I don't want to be the complainer. I don't want, I don't, I definitely, yeah. You don't want to be the one that always shows up and the Debbie Downer. Yeah. We had um, a conversation around the table, my daughter and some of her friends. And so they have a school dance coming up. And so I think school dances are on the decline, um, you know, in the sense of like, it's not something that anybody wants to do anymore because it's not cool. And that was sort of the vibe that my daughter was actually given out. She was kind of like, Oh, I don't want to go. It's gonna be so weird, you know? And um, her, her other friends were like, well, I think I might go with, you know, such and such and so and so. And I could tell they were kind of on the fence about it. And so I said, Hey, you guys are the older kids in school. You're like the leaders. And I said, if you go and you crash in and you all have fun and you like, you know, just bring a vibe and an atmosphere that this is awesome. And we are awesome. And it's so fun to be here. I was like, it'll be epic. And I said, and if you stand in the corner and you look around awkwardly and you say, this is lame and you want to leave, then it will be. I was like, you get to decide how fun your school dance is. And that's exactly what you're saying, Noelle. Just, I love it so, so much. (laughs) I I, I like how you put it better. Like the, just bring an atmosphere. This is awesome. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's good. And it's very similar to this idea of a good friend is an an encourager and cheers people Mm -hmm. on. I think that this one takes it to the next level of actually using intentional action to be supportive and to cheer each other on. Um, You know, like we have a a family in town, we'll, we'll go to their sporting events. So it's my son's friend. And like, you know, my son's not on the basketball team. Doesn't mean we don't like we like we can go to the games and cheer them on. Like, how can you actively encourage one another, cheer for your friends, not be in like competition mode? You know, like if they get a good grade on a test, encourage them. Tell yeah. them that's great, even if you did bad. Like, still say, "Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Good job, you." Maybe you could tutor me. <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, I mean, I think you bring up such a solid thing, and you, I know you. We, I know you in real life. Mm-hmm. I've been in your presence. We've shared the same air before. Um, <laughs> we're not just internet friends, but you do. You you show up to your friends' kids' games and things like that. And I love that. I mean, even uh, I have a friend right in the neighborhood. Shout out to Chris. Um, she's like, when's when's Olive's next tackle rugby tournament? I'll drive. I'll drive to DC yeah. and watch her play. And you know, I mean, that stuff is great, and it models to our children. When we're taking those initiative actions, this is what you do for friends is even though you're not into the same thing, you're into your friend. So it can be really exciting and fun. Kimberly has done that for years and I think it's wonderful. Well, I'm waiting for your husband's dart league schedule. I told you we'd come. (laughs) He's a darts right now. Oh, but yeah, we're doing this. Told you we'd come. If it's a pub near us, we're there. I'll, I'll send you his schedule. Okay. Three dart leagues. So you trust me, you'll plenty of opportunity. Man. That is hysterical that he's oh a dart like guy. No, he's in three <laughs> different leagues. That's another episode for another day. Did you see the Ted Lasso episode with the darts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Love that. Did you see you watch Ted Lasso? Jess? Oh, I've only watched the first two episodes, oh, okay. but I did well, love it. There's it an episode just... with darts. Yeah. Okay. I hear yeah. that I should watch this, that I should watch the full. Yeah, like okay. extent of Ted Lasso. Yeah, he's a really awesome guy. Yeah, I've watched yeah. it twice. <laughs> yeah, okay. Ted Lasso for president. All right, yeah. all right. He is a good friend. 
Oh, hey. Look at that loop in. I love it. No, he is. He's a really good friend. Okay. So what are the, what are the Ted Lasso qualities that stand out to you, Kim? That's what I want to know. Um, but let's look at the things that are on the list. Um, (laughs) (laughs) he's an encourager. He cheers people on. Um, he's a good listener. That's one thing he does. He's, he's very observant. Um, I think he does a good job of not gossiping, right? They sort of have like, uh, what do they call it? The dog room where they all come into the room and they sort of vent and share, but it's like what stays there, what what happens or stays there, Mm. you know? And, um, he doesn't talk bad about the other players. No. Players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. I love how we're talking about this as if he's a real person. <laughs> his made up w- person is awesome. I wish he yes. was. Yes. He's not a real person. Well, I'd go to his soccer games if he was. <laughs> I love it. Can you imagine that they start a league? They started Ted Lasso League. That would be amazing. Oh my gosh. Every American would go to England to watch I the games. Be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> my gosh um so good listener we didn't touch on good listener but i just threw that in there with ted yeah. so yeah um i would like I, to say that goes without saying but it actually doesn't most people are terrible at listening so mm-hmm. one thing i've uh, also you know have been trying to teach my kids too and it, it's be good because so they're like they're they're in middle school so it's hard right like to be a good listener. It's so either the introverts are really good at it, right? Because they don't want to say anything. But I do say <laughs> to my kids, like, ask questions. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. Because, you know, um, even just to make the conversation productive, if someone's like going on and on about something, you know, interrupt them with a question. You know, if you don't understand something or want clarity on it or, you know, whatever i think it's good for for folks to kind of understand how to ask questions to kind of deepen a conversation Mm -hmm. yeah and you want to know how you learn how to ask questions you ask your kids questions engage them in conversation yeah they learn how to talk to people because of you and people have asked Alex and i many many times like your kids are so articulate they'll use that word and I'm kind of like, that is not because I'm like some great person. It's because we actually talk to our kids a lot Mm -hmm. and, you know, have hard conversations and ask lots of questions. In fact, they grow tired of all the questions that we ask them most of the time. So we're like, sorry, we're just going to keep going down this linear linear questioning strategy, you know, get you in there. (laughs) I've gotten in a rut though with the questions I ask my kids. I guess the same thing. But I like it's not. I don't think it's good. Like I need more questions to ask them. Hmm. Like what I mean, kind of questions are you talking about? Like what's your rut? Well, like how was your day? Did you have fun? Who was there? What'd you do? <laughs> like I'm like like you know. Whereas I know what you're talking about. Like so we went yeah. through a season where when because so when the kids were little, everybody would take a turn to talk and and like say something about their day. And we got really good at everybody taking a turn. But then I was like, wait a minute, we're not really learning how to interact. And so I kind of made the rule when someone shares, you know, you have to each, like I have three kids. So then when somebody shares, each of you have to ask a question about Mm. what they said. Like, let's like pull more out of it. Let's at least acknowledge what they said before we move on to like the next person. So we did that for a season. Um, I forget why we stopped. Maybe some sports season came and blew up dinner for a little bit. I don't remember. Um, But that is something that we did practice for a little while. Um, 
we do do this thing for birthdays. I might have talked about this before. It's one of the traditions we have. I got it from a friend of mine where you ask the birthday person questions that like the during their birthday dinner. And, you know, it's like in the past year, like, what was your favorite food? Where was your favorite destination? What did you learn this year? Like anything that happened in the last year. And it's gotten to the point where my kids are like, no. And then like, <laughs> if somebody asks the question, they're like, that was going to be my question. And I'm like, oh, guys, like, this is supposed to be fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny you said that because we just celebrated my son's birthday and we have a tradition where we say something like affirming, mm-hmm. but because we got into a rut as a family and we've like have challenged, made it challenging, like Do they affirm the same way every year. Well, yeah, <laughs> we, we, like, like one point we're like, if you were a color, you would be yellow because, but for my, for my son's birthday, he, we did, if you were an office character, what would you be? That was interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I, 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 you know, I'm thinking as far as questions like your kid says, um, you know, I really like the show Psych. Why do you like the show Psych? What other shows do you like? You know, would do you like these kinds of shows? You know, that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. but I know it's hard. I'm also in the teenage years. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah, it's you weird. Something like yeah, anything you know I mean? other like, than yes like, why are you no. asking me? Why are you yeah. asking me? Oh I'm gosh, like, don't worry. I'm not going to tattle on anybody. Like, <laughs> I have extroverts who just always want to talk. So it's, <laughs> it's the other way around. Let me speak. Let me share my heart with you. Um, there is. Okay. So we got this little gift for Christmas and we get these a lot. I don't know if, I mean, we talk a lot and we ask a lot of questions, but we always get these little table topic, yeah. you know, games and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this particular one that we got, I actually have found these questions to be some of the best as far as just opening Pandora's box a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and it is called how well, how well do you know me? Mm. And it's Ooh. by, it's by this, I guess, company uh, called after dinner amusements. Mm. So after dinner amusements, how well do you know me? And it's like really cool questions. Um, in fact, I took a couple of the cards with myself on a date with my husband. Cause I was like, oh, I was going to say that's been good for, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I want to know how well he knows me. <laughs> and they were really thought provoking. So it's a good box of questions if you're running out or yeah. getting into a rut. Okay. Sidebar. We did a few of those questions on date night. We tried a few times and I would answer the questions and he'd be like, that's not the answer. Those aren't your three favorite <laughs> movies. I've never heard you talk about that movie. I'm like, are you kidding me? Now we're going to argue about how I answer the question. Like, <laughs> And then and he would find a movie that I loved that he's like, that should have been your list. I'm like, shut up. I'm not doing this anymore. Like, you know, what I mean? <laughs> you're like, you don't get to tell me what my favorite is right now. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So um, any other qualities we're missing? I'm or sure there are more. I of feel course. like we've covered a good a lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when we are, Walking our kids through choosing a friend, what are they to be looking for? Well, I mean, obviously all the qualities that we've mentioned would be mm-hmm. good, right? But one I was thinking about too is, um, you know, looking for people who have their own goals and dreams and things they're working towards. Uh, I think that's a sign of health. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that doesn't have to be their goals and dreams, but finding somebody who's got a passion or, you know, I think that's wonderful. I, I think if someone's just kind of meh about life, and I'm going to be honest with you, I think it's going to lead to some 
some troublemaking possibly. (laughs) Yeah. Living doesn't always lead to legal activities. So I think that (laughs) finding she went there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, of course I'm speaking from the point of view of having a middle school, having middle school children. So that's what I'm thinking is like these folks like find friends who, you know, they don't necessarily have to want to go to college, but they need to like want to, do something something. with their life, go, you know, go visit a country or, you know, have a hobby that they really care about. I think that's really important. It's not necessarily that this person is popular, well-liked, but what's in their heart that they want to do and are they going for it? Cause you, if you're with somebody, even as an adult, if you're, if you're like hanging with folks who are going for it, you start to go for it. Yes. Good. And yeah, you know, I have a friend who I started working out with a few years ago and she's got, she got me running a half marathon. Now I'm going to run the Ragnar with her. And it's because she's always going for her fitness goals. Quite yeah. honestly, I've never had fitness goals, but because she's my friend and she's so passionate, she sucked <laughs> me into this thing. So I think it's good to be around people who have healthy goals and dreams. Yeah. It's going to only improve your life in yeah. my opinion. I love that so much. I have this quote um, that someone said to me once and it says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I know who said that. Mm -hmm. Who said that? Jeannie Mayo. Oh, there you go. I show me your friends. I'll show your future. Yeah. And that's so true in that sense. Like when you have driven, motivated, positive friends, guess what? Your life is going to be driven motivated mm-hmm. and positive. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. love that so much. I yeah. think one of the other things, you know, <clears throat> that I, especially, you know, Noel, our kids are in this like middle school thing. And I don't think it goes away to be honest. I think we still have these as adults, but it's like find friends that don't stick to a click, you know, find those friends that are more diversified that, you know, have multiple uh, categories of friends, you know, that they, that, yeah, they might hang out with the popular kids. They might hang out with the, you know, the sports athletes. Um, they might be part of the smart kid crew, you know, but mm-hmm. that they have multiple sort of pockets of friends. I think that's really important. Yeah. Well, that speaks to who they are. It speaks to their flexibility. It speaks to their character. It even is an indication of their maturity. You yeah. know, we've, we've had seasons where, you know, my daughter might not be friends with somebody, but their brother is on her brother's team. And she'll say, well, she's not my friend group. And I'm like, this is when she was little. I'm like, mm, that's not how it works. Like we're yeah. here at the end of the year party and you're going to talk to her because there's no, there's no other middle school girls here. You know what I mean? Like, right. you, like you have to be beyond that. And like one or two of them, to be honest with you, have circled back in her life. And I'm like, see, 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 you like her. <laughs> You're like, remember, remember that yeah. I told you, you know, hold on to yeah. that friend. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> so, good. so yeah, this idea that you're not just stuck in this little group and you're, t- they're too good to talk to anybody else or they're too insecure to build mm-hmm. relationships outside of that circle. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I think it's important too, to have friends with similar interests. Um, I've spoken about this before um, in terms of like, you know, friends for different buckets, like interests are are really strong when it comes to keeping people together and mm-hmm. you know just because someone's in your not in your in your friend group but you have a common interest like you can establish a friendship with them like yeah. that's that's something that will carry your friendship is being able to go back to that same thing over and over again whether it's an activity a hobby um 
a sport mm-hmm. or, right. or even, you know, church, whatever it is, like, what is something that you share? Look for things like when you're either making new friends or when you're going, deciding who to go deep with, look for common interests. That's yeah. a perfect gateway into establishing a friendship. And I would say, keep in mind, like when you do find whatever that common ground is, like I I've had times in my own life where, you know, a friend that has a completely different family, socioeconomic background, but Mm -hmm. like, we like to play pickleball together or whatever. Right. Right. Um, they may say something or do something that throws me like for a loop, but I have to remind myself our common ground is this thing. So that's mm-hmm. their perspective on my life. They don't know my full, you know, family mm-hmm. life history mm-hmm. and everything. But yes, I agree, Kimberly. It's like those commonalities, whether it's an event or uh, an interest or a hobby or whatever, helps us to actually stay consistent in friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have like this thing that you kind of keep coming back to, whatever it is, that helps you cultivate a longer friendship. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that idea too. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I think again, like the good listener thing back to Mm -hmm. that, that's a tremendous quality in any relationship. Um, being interested, like someone who's just as much, just someone who's just as much interested in you as they are in themselves. You know, Mm -hmm. I think we've all had that friend who like, they, all they want to do is talk about them. All they want to do is tell you what's going on in their life. And you're like, I've known them for years and they've never, you know, interested in what I'm doing. Never ask me what I'm doing. Like it's all about them. And Mm -hmm. so be mindful of friends who quite frankly, just like themselves more than you. (laughs) Wow. That is an amazing segue into potentially the finality of this episode. (laughs) Yes. How to identify, how to teach our kids about toxic friendships. What are we telling them about people to stay away from or disengage from, and then how to create a healthy distance without it being mean girls. Mm-hmm. I think one of the toxic things that um, you see early on is if someone tries to control you, manipulate you with um, the silent treatment, um, mm-hmm. that's a big thing. Um, or like they'll just pull their friendship back from you because they want a reaction. They want you to chase after them. They want you to feel like you did something wrong, but they're not going to tell you what it is. Oh, and, it's the worst. Um, I think like that is an, you know, I think, I think a lot of people do do that, but I think if someone's chronically manipulating you that way, it's important for you to recognize it because that's okay. going to be a horrible friendship to stick around in. If every time they're offended or they're hurt or right. you just didn't do what they want you to do, they pull, they, they distance themselves, they withdraw, they hold back. You're going to go crazy trying to think what you did wrong. Roller coaster. Yeah. And, um, and it's just not a great place, place space to be. So I think that's a sign that this person is toxic. Mm-hmm. I had a friend once who, um, I don't know, I think I had asked her like what was going on. Like it was sort of at the end of a really close friendship. And she said, why don't you ask the Holy Spirit? I'm sure he'll tell you. (laughs) And then never, ever told me. And I think I brought it up to her a few years ago. And she's like, I don't remember that. I'm like, oh, yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, like whatever, like we're just, our friendship has never been the same. Like she right. got, it was, we, we just, we went into different seasons, but I was like, 
What? You're like, hold up, wait a minute. (laughs) So this idea of withdrawing and not telling you, um, Mm -hmm. but I know what you're talking about in terms of young kids, they'll, they'll like bait you with it. They'll use it to manipulate you. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Yep. I would say another aspect of toxic friendships is when you have a friend that constantly stirs the pot, like, you know, stirs the pot between you and another person, stirs Mm -hmm. the pot between them and another person. Mm -hmm. But it's always like, there's always drama around, you know, whenever you're hanging out with this person. And I've, obviously all of us have had friends like that, where it's like, wow, like there's always some drama happening, you know, Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad friend. I think that you really have to look out for are they creating that drama or adding to it, you know, or is it just the nature of their life at that moment? I mean, kids go through some pretty serious stuff. So I don't Mm -hmm. think that's just having drama is necessarily the indicator that they're a bad friend. But if it's something that you can see from the outside that they're adding fuel to the fire or they're stirring the pot, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important to teach our kids too. Like a lot of times when you experience that it may have nothing to do with you and everything to do what's going on with them. Maybe what's going on in their home, maybe what's going on in their heart. Not that that excuses that, that behavior. I mean, I would like to think that they'd be open enough to say, Hey, what you did hurt my feelings or what's going on here. Um, But in the absence of it, don't spiral Mm -hmm. and think that you're the problem, especially if you could take a step back and start to see a pattern. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, an important thing is like, if that, if that friend is always trying to stir drama between friends, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, so-and-so told me that she's feeling really hurt because you didn't do this. And then they go to that person. Oh, so-and-so said like that kind of drama, that stuff is not good. That's Mm -hmm. toxic. That's a way of Mm -hmm. controlling if a social dynamic so that they have power because they have information between people and on people. Mm. Actually a form of narcissism, but I mean, it's heavily prevalent in (laughs) in middle school. You see it all the time and you're like, oh, I know what you're going to grow up to be. Wonderful. Um, So yeah, I do. I I think, and the thing is, you know, our kids don't see it. They don't Mm -hmm. see it Mm -hmm. because they haven't lived it, but we can help them out. I, I also think that, um, a friend that's always putting you down, like so good. You get second mm-hmm. place, and they're like, "Oh, you didn't get first. I'm sorry." Even though you were excited about getting second place, you know what I mean. Or a friend that always brings up stuff, like, "Oh, remember that time that you were like really scared of that thing, and you had to call your mom?" Like, you know, those people who just want to make you look bad and feel bad all the time because it makes them feel better. Yeah, that's toxic. Yeah, that's stuff you, that's, mm-hmm. that's a form of abuse. And I think too, not to like. catastrophize that's not the right word but (laughs) there is some small abusive things that happen that we have as a society been like well kids will be kids you're like no that's abuse and we are we're normalizing it and then when they're like 19 we're like hey now wait a second you can't treat a kid (laughs) like that you're like but they were doing this in fourth grade right Mm -hmm. going on fourth grade that this friend of your child was putting them down on time and making them feel lesser than. 
it's a it's verbal abuse and we need to sometimes just sort of put the right language there yeah um and just I love that I, I so with my son recently um he my son is like super laid back like he's the most chilled out kid ever everything rolls off of him like water off a duck's back but I explained to him sort of similar Noel it's like when someone belittles you or bullies you you know I told him I said I know that you actually have a very genuine sense of self-confidence like you're like who cares whatever I'm gonna move on but I said here's the deal bud I'm like if you don't stand up for yourself, I said, the next person that they attach themselves to might not be as confident as you said. So I'd really love for you to just start saying, Hey, that's not very nice. Don't talk about me like that, you know, and just stand up for yourself on the basis of helping the next kid down the road. Mm -hmm. And and I think the big piece that which you did is giving your kid the language, the words, because I'm thinking of a time one of my kids was like in fourth grade and, and their friend kept on doing this thing where if you don't do this, then you're not a good friend. Right. If you don't tell me, then you're not a good friend. And they came, my kid came home like all anxious and, you know, stressed out about it. And I was like, hey, that's like manipulation. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make you feel bad and guilt you into doing what they want. And that's not mm-hmm. a good friend. No. And next time the kid went to my kid and was like, you're not a good friend unless you, you know, play this game. My kid literally was like, that's called manipulation. And the kid said, what's that? And, and they explained, you're trying to make me feel bad and guilt me into doing something because you want to do it. And that's not okay. And that kid stopped doing it to my kid. Yeah. Because they, they, yeah. they, they, were, they gave the language. That's right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. Like, I think we're like, oh, they're too young, but they're not too young. They need you to help them to kind of explain this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're also helping that other child out by giving through your kid, giving them the language. What you're doing is called this. And that is what that is. And that's not okay. Right. Yeah. That, you're helping them a- become a better friend. Really? Yeah. 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 Sorry, Kim. Go ahead. That's okay. No, that's like a lot like um, what my daughter experienced. I'm not your friend anymore. <laughs> I'm your friend now. I'm not your friend yeah. anymore. It was like, holy Dag. moly. Like, yeah. and it was the same, same sort of thing. It's that manipulation. Yeah. If you don't do what I want you to do, then I'm, then you're not my friend yeah. anymore. And she'd come home in tears. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so your friend. She's going to be over here on Friday. Like, what is the pro? Like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> so also, you know, helping them to identify that that's not okay. That's mm-hmm. not okay. Mm-mm. No, no. I think one thing that our kids can understand is, like being around people who literally drain their energy, mm. who they dread. Yes. That's easy for them to understand. There's no nuance in that. If you, if you, um, you know, don't want to spend time with them, then, then you shouldn't be spending time with them. Right. And you shouldn't stay in a friendship because, oh, who else am I going to hang out with? Well, let's find you someone else to hang out with. <laughs> There's a book by Carlene Flora uh, called Friendfluence, and she talks about a study that happened where they actually um, tested people's blood pressure around different kinds of relationships. So one would be like a very positive relationship and one would be a very like negative relationship where, you know, this is someone who doesn't like you or you're like them. And then they had something where like you just don't really know how what this person feels about you. They called it flat flabby friends. I don't know why they called it that, but, um, 
think it's just like excess. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Excess <laughs> friendship that you just don't really have. And the blood pressure people was higher when they're around folks who they just didn't really know where they stood with them than folks that they knew hated them. Wow. And they just said like these kinds of friends where you're just not really sure when you're with them, it's draining because you're figure, trying to figure out like, do they like me? Do they not like me? Are they having a good time? Or it's just, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. They, you know, the book was making the case that you should trim back on those kinds of friendships because it's not good for your health. I just that, thought it was interesting. That's a great app for the Apple Watch to measure. <laughs> measure the this person's not good My blood pressure. Health. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Can you imagine our middle schoolers be like, oh, nope, I'm I'm above 120 right now. You got yeah. to go. Out. <laughs> that might be hilarious, actually. <laughs> oh my God. You'd be like, oh, um, my app today said you were hanging out with so-and-so. Yeah. <laughs> your, oh, your rates went up and it, it sent me a notification. We laugh, but I'm sure this will be a thing. Well, my car will send notifications when my daughter drives it and goes over the speed limit. Yeah. There you go. Anything can happen, guys. <laughs> Any, oh I, my I don't doubt it. Yeah, we can get that up, up and running. <laughs> um, what about those friends that make you feel like you need to be somebody else or be different to be their friend ditch them yeah <laughs> it's hard to do especially if they're the popular people mm-hmm. you know yeah um you gotta wear the makeup you gotta wear yeah. this outfit you gotta like mm-hmm. you know where they're so i mean i know like when i was rushing in my sorority there was like the house i really wanted to be in and then there was the house i ended up in And Mm -hmm. I ended up in a house where I could be completely and utterly myself. And even though I wanted that one house, I knew that I would always be working to try to meet some standard that I wasn't meant to meet. And I think that we can get into situations where we're trying to be something we're not to fit in with somebody, some people we don't need to be with. I think that's that's important that you, you know, we, we can help our kids like set the standard of where they want to go in their life. Mm -hmm. And so when they're reaching for sort of that, you know, popular kid status or whatever it might be, um, ask, I think some questions maybe to ask them is, okay, where do you see that person going in their life? What's their future look like? Is that Mm -hmm. the future that you want? Or do you want your own? Mm. Do you want your version of that? And your version looks different and it will behave different and it'll dress different and it'll sound different. All of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's good. I'm thinking to one practical way of helping our kids with that is to really encourage and provide opportunities for them to be in many different circles. Yes. Even outside of school, like make sure that they're, they've got some other things going on. I think that helps bring perspective because if mm-hmm. you're in school and there's just like one group everybody wants to be in, right? It's tough to be like, now, you know, <laughs> you don't need to be with that group, you know, and <laughs> we're right. But then I think it's like, okay, but, you know, if they have other outlets where they're in other circles, maybe they yeah. are in an art class after school or they're in a sports thing that's not school related or they go to youth group. It provides other circles, which they're like, oh, there's, there's all kinds of people with all different kinds of thoughts and ideas. And it makes them feel more comfortable and gives them opportunity to practice being themselves. But if there's only one group that's mm-hmm. the cool group, it could feel a little bit 
hopeless sometimes. Right. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think it also helps you navigate the ebbs and flows of friendship, right? Yeah. Especially when you're teens and stuff like yeah. that. It's sort of okay, well, you know, I fell out with this group or yeah. whatever for whatever reason and who the heck knows why. Right. Um, but then I've got, oh, I still have my sports team. I still have my art class. I still have my music people. Like, mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. It's like, just like you want to diversify your financial portfolio, diversify yeah. your friendship portfolio. I think it's mm-hmm. really good. I think that's that is good. good. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. So our kids, they're in these toxic relationships. Let's talk about some practical and wise way to distance ourselves from them. Well, I have an unpopular opinion I'm going to share. Go for it. But I stand behind this unpopular opinion. Noelle, I love your unpopular opinions. Let's go. (laughs) So So far, so good. So many of them. (laughs) Um, This is what they tell me. I think that this is what I'm going to say. If you're, if our child is in a chronically toxic, unhealthy friendship, we need to step in. I'm not saying always. Okay. Cause you can, if you're, if you step in, sometimes it can be bad, but I think if you see that your kid is in a, in a, is it's affecting their mental health. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's important that you step in and sometimes just say no to that friendship because they are in your care. Okay. Um, and like, you know, you wouldn't invite an abusive babysitter over to your house again, where you find out that they were cruel to your children. You wouldn't allow a manipulative teacher to just get away with manipulating your child all the time to get good grades. You would go to the principal and be like, no, no, you know, you move them out of the class. Most of us would, right? I think there's times where you have to stand up and say, no, you're not going to be friends with Amy Lou because this is what I'm seeing. And and it's, it's a history. It's a pattern. Right. And things are not changing when you have tried to A, B, and C. And this is important because a lot of our kids are not going to be able to do that. Yeah. They're kids, they're insecure. They are emotionally immature. Their brains have not fully developed. They can't always see the danger that is ahead. And I, sometimes, I mean, because I studied friendship and talked about it, a lot of parents came to me with these stories and I'm going to be honest you, sometimes in the back of my mind, I'm going, why didn't you stop this sooner? Like we're talking Mm -hmm. two years of like Mm -hmm. legit verbal abuse. Wow. Legit. Um, just, serious narcissistic behavior where they're pretty much torturing your child emotionally. Wow. Just say no and explain no because of what is going on. And I mean, your kids just, I think part of it's like, we see these, you know, these toxic friendships as just peers, but these are peers that, that your child is calling a friend and yet it's putting them in an emotionally dangerous position. So I think it does require discernment on your end as a parent, which is why I think praying is important and having a relationship with the Lord is important, but even contacting a counselor and, and talking to them, like, these are things that I see. And I am concerned. If you feel a little sick to your stomach, are you yeah. concerned? That is something I would pay attention to. Yes, friends falling out, there being misunderstandings, being excluded. Those things are very normal. But you as a parent know this friend in my child's life is 
is having a serious negative impact on their emotional well-being and their mental health, it is your responsibility as a parent to to step in and go, no, I'm sorry. That's not an unpopular opinion. I feel strongly about it. And as long as they're under, as long as they're under your roof and they're not an adult, I right. think sometimes that re- that's important. And yeah. the kid may be mad, but I'm, I, a lot of times from what I've experienced when a parent does that, they're relieved. Yeah. Yeah. They're and relieved. my, um, I have an actual personal testimony to that. Um, so my brother, he's five years younger than me. He won't mind if I tell the story because he, he, he's one of those that after the fact was like, I'm really glad that mom and dad did that. Um, but he was choosing the wrong friends. Like he was with a rowdy bunch of kids. They, like you said, Noel earlier, like they didn't really have any aspirations other to just get in trouble. You know, they, they just found themselves, you know, loitering, doing some graffiti here and there, some vandalism, that kind of stuff. And so they were just starting to get into, um, you know, I'll say the fringes of criminal activity. (laughs) And um, my mom and dad were like, "Uh, no, this ain't happening. And so for an entire summer, my brother was sent and I say sent, it wasn't that far from our house, but he went to my uncle's farm and had to work every single day of the summer. So he had no time. They didn't say you have to fire your friends. They said, we're concerned. Like, we don't think these are healthy friendships. And when my brother didn't make that decision on his own, then they were like, okay, we're just going to limit his time so much that he has literally no time to spend with these friends. And he worked all that whole summer long, didn't spend any time with those friends. Those friendships dissolved on their own. And because he was in a position where he was working and he had to have an, you know, work ethic and aspirations and all that kind of thing, he came out of that recognizing, I don't want to be like those guys. I want other friends. And he then made fabulous friends, which he still is friends with today. And they're like, you know, doing crazy things all over the world. So it, yeah. that's how it kind of outworked in what you were saying. They, they limited his exposure to those friends on purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to think that our kids will just naturally do that. They won't. Right. And they just need our help sometimes. That's why mm-hmm. I, I love that story. Yeah. But I think too, we can, we can give our kids permission to separate themselves, like not this non-confrontational separation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's been times where I've told my daughter, just, just say, you're not allowed, like use me, throw me under the bus mm-hmm. and say, oh, we can't cause we're doing something with our family. Like you don't have to, you can say no, and it doesn't have to be a thing. Right. You don't necessarily, but you can decide to not participate in things that, you know, are not going to make you feel good, you know, and it might just be, it might be be like a season. Like you said, we talked about like the kind of person that's maybe going through stuff. Right. So maybe just limit that for a little while, limit your interaction until she comes on the other side of that. Sure. She can come over our house. I'm happy to like love on her and her to be here, but maybe, maybe you're not going over her house. You know what I mean? Like it's Okay to make yourself unavailable. And we can teach our kids to do that. And we all have, we, I think we all have to learn how to do that in certain seasons. Yeah. And I love what you said earlier, Noel, about giving our kids the language around setting clear boundaries for, especially for toxic friendships. Um, we can help them craft the message to friends that, you know, 
fulfills the purpose of, hey, this is where the line is. You're not allowed to treat me this way, such and such and so and so, right? But they kids don't always have that. You know, they don't always have the ability to think beyond the moment. And, and mm-hmm. as adults, like when someone says something so shocking to us, that's so offensive, it's sometimes hard for us in the moment to just be like, Hey, that's really offensive. Yeah. Like, do you know how offensive you sound? You know, right? it usually takes you a minute to breathe and be like, they just said that out loud to me. I cannot believe it. You know, and you know, our kids are no different. So it's kind of decompress. What did they say? What did you say? How did it make you feel? And then craft a response that is, hey, you know, when you said this to me, that made me feel this way. I don't know if you intended that or not, but it really hurt my feelings. Mm. And I would appreciate that you consider that the next time that you're talking about a subject like this. Mm -hmm. And not to say you hurt feelings, right? If you take that you out of it, you know, like, yeah my, you know, my feelings were hurt or like, yeah. because I think when you start to say, well, you hurt my feelings, then they get yeah. defensive because then you're, that's you're, good. It's yeah. like pointing the finger. Right. But I think you right. said it really well, Jess. Yeah. Um, my feelings were hurt is very different than you hurt my feelings. Yeah. You know? But you just own your side of it. Right. Like we yeah. should always own our side of a conflict, but yeah. When someone affects us and, and people do, you know, they, sometimes friends just say things flippantly that they don't realize are hurtful. Mm -hmm. And I think that leads me to one of these ideas. It's like, you know, don't, don't be so rigid that you're not open to forgive a friend, but it's sort of like, watch that space closely. If your kid is constantly having to forgive this friend, that's a pattern and that's something that they need help with. And Mm -hmm. you need to step in and be like, hey, I'm drawing a line in the sand and here's how you do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things too we talk about in with my kids is just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you trust them. I mean, oh, that's good. you, You know, you can forgive, but it doesn't mean you give them the the password to your phone. I mean, like, I just, I think that folks, we, you know, as Christians too, sometimes I think we have a wonky way of looking at forgiveness where like forgiveness means you restore all trust. And, you know, I think that's not really the case relationships, especially there's been like trust breach where someone shared a secret or gossiped or hurt you in some way. Well, you can forgive them and be like, yeah, I forgive you, but it may take time for you to trust them again. And that's like actually healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Be soberly aware of what you're dealing with, what you're walking into. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to talk a little bit about in, in terms of toxic friend friendships is one thing I, I've been doing personally, and I'm trying to pass this on to my kids, but I'm trying to nail this down personally is to honor the good parts of the friendship, the parts that I can say, well, that was, that was good. Like, you know, that one time that we stayed up and we watched, you know, Anna Green Gables and ate pizza, like that was fun. It was bad when they went and, you know, told a bunch of lies about me, but I can acknowledge the good parts because I think what happens even as adults is we are, we will, we will make an enemy out of people who have done bad things to us. And I think it's important to not quickly go there because again, people can change number one and two, we don't, we don't always know what's really going on, especially with kids. So I've been trying to be like, honor the good parts. What was good? 
Like what was something good? And just honor that, acknowledge what was bad and walk away with that. Like yeah. that was a, that was a bad experience. They're not my enemy, but it didn't work out. You know, I think that also builds up your kid too, because, you know, think about it. If they're consistently choosing these toxic friendships, all of a sudden they're like, I just am a terrible friend, or I'm just really bad at choosing friends, you know, or whatever. It's like, don't put that title on yourself. No, you saw something that you liked about this person and that was honorable and that was good. But, you know, you also recognize that these were some habits or, or conversations that don't align with who you are. And that's okay too. You can walk away from that to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times friendships end because of a misunderstanding too, or a fight or whatever. And I think you can just be like, well, like we had a good friendship, but it ended because of this misunderstanding and it's okay. Like it's yeah. okay. It's okay. It, it really is okay. If some friendships end, I mean, mm-hmm. like, yeah, Even yeah. good ones that aren't toxic, people move away. It's hard to stay close to them. You can, you know, grow apart. That's all really normal. I, and it's mm-hmm. tough because TV shows kind of make it seem like you should have four best friends you do everything with all the time for the rest of your life. And that's not really reality. <laughs> and our kids are thinking there's something deeply wrong with them. We're thinking there's something deeply wrong with us and we don't have it. Right. And yet it's like, no, it's actually normal. Like you could be tight with somebody in sixth grade, eighth grade, not a whole lot in common, but you could still be kind and cool to them. You could still be like, oh my gosh, it was so fun. We went to that camp together. Wasn't that fun? Cool. I honor you. You honor me. Let's move on. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Noelle, you're the best friend. That is is why I'm not, I know I wouldn't say I'm the best friend. I've just read a lot of books on friendship. (laughs) And that's the truth. (laughs) I literally found myself in my head in an episode of friends as you were speaking (laughs) (laughs) I was like wait a minute Rachel and Monica aren't they part of my group (laughs) I call it the sex in the city friendship fantasy it's not oh yes yes it's not real nobody's doing that nobody's doing that like and these Mm -hmm. kids are thinking they're gonna grow up and brunch on a Saturday morning with their three besties and stilettos eat bagels and not gain weight it's not gonna happen It doesn't happen happen every Saturday. It doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to kind of say that. I mean, and I have to tell you, like my mom, my mom uh, is a real realist. Sometimes (laughs) like to the point where you're like, oh, I would have liked to have ignorance be my bliss. But she always was like, that's not true. That's not true. You're not going to have one best friend for the rest of your life. That's not true. And I think that was really good that she said that to me because... I would have, if I was getting my cues from Dawson's Creek and Friends and Sex yeah. and the City and all, and the OC and all. One Tree shows, Hill. One Tree yep. Hill. <laughs> I would think there was something so deeply wrong with me. But the truth of the matter is, it's just as you grow, as you move in different seasons, your friendships are going to shift and change. And as you get older, there'll be some friends you'll have for a long time. Like we do have right. lifelong friends, but you don't know that when you're 12. You just don't no, know. You just don't that's know. so good. No, no. And what's interesting is, so I was with a friend today and we were talking about our freshman, college freshman daughters. And we both said like, our daughters were kind of like, like, it was nice to see our friends for a hot second, but like that ship sailed. Yeah. Do you know, like they, they feel like they've found their people back at school. Like they're making different kinds of connections with different reasons to be friends. I think there's a lot of, like when you're in high school, 
you're kind of friends because that's who you got to work with. When you go to college, it's like you get to pick your friends. Yeah. Like you really yeah. get to get to, you know, say, hey, I lo- we like we like hanging out because we there's something actually that we have in common. There's something between yeah. us. And, you know, there's a little, you know, maturity that happens. And so yeah. um yeah, you think you're gonna be BFFs forever and you just might not be. So yeah. Reality sure. kids. Yeah. It's a good reality check. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that is it. Is there any last thoughts before we wrap it up? Oh, I have a thought that I want to wrap that, that ties <laughs> back to the Ted Lasso that you brought in. Yeah. Good. <laughs> a great way to parent our kids through friendship is use movies and TV shows, even though I just said that some of them are not like <laughs> good. But I was thinking about. Two shows came into my mind. Kind of one's kind of slightly controversial, depending who's listening. But Lord of the Rings. I'm watching Lord of the Rings with my oh, kids. Yeah. I don't really like uh fantasy stuff, but they do. And I'm like, man, Sam, Sam Wise oh, is like a great yes. friend. And a few times I'm like, I have said out loud to my kids, I'm like, man, that he's a good friend. Like, look how he is looking after Frodo. I mean, <laughs> but the thing is, they laugh at me, but they're never going to forget that, that I played. Yes, it's so good. Um, even like Harry Potter. Some people don't like Harry Potter and I respect. Um, but if you don't mind Harry Potter, um, also great examples of friendship Friends. and yeah. things like that. And I'm sure there's other stories that, that that you guys can come up with. But I think there is some things in the literature that have turned into movies mm-hmm. and just great examples. Ted Lasso. Gordimore Gibbons. Yes, that's a great. I love that show. You turn me on. You watch that, Jess? Yeah. No. Oh, you guys, I am the most lame oh my TV watcher ever. Okay. No, this Brilliant is you can watch position. this with your kids. Oh this my god. What is show. it called? Gordimer Gibbons. On normal Gordimer Street. Gibbons. Life on, Norm- Life on Normal Street. It's excellent. Yeah. And okay. Amazon. Amazon. Oh, okay. one of the best shows I've ever watched. I cried when it was over. I'm like, I oh. want more episodes. And okay, I would. Kim, did you watch this with your kids? At what age did you watch this? Like now? They were or? in middle school when we watched okay. it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mine were like third and fourth grade when we watched it. Okay. Will my middle schoolers appreciate it though? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. It might be on a... No, I think they'll appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Because it's... It. Yeah. It, I, I know you're, you're like leaning towards Noelle where it's kind of like... Mm, but after like the first or second yeah. episode, they're going to love it. Okay. Um, I think those if they don't right away, but I well, I did. And I think you could say like straight up, oh my gosh, that's a great, like, look how they're trustworthy or look, oh, look how they're, you know, kind of not so great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think there's things with TV shows and movies that kids, they, they will deeply resonate with. Yeah. Um, that's just a great way of using it as a teaching tool. So that's how I'm that. bringing it back to Ted Lasso. Woo. All things lead to Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all good things yes <laughs> all right well thank you guys so much for this conversation it was fantastic and i can't wait for our listeners to hear it if you'd like to connect beyond the podcast you can find me over on instagram it's my favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life what we get right and what we get wrong too you can find me at at kimberly amici and you can find the podcast at at build your best family Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose.